0: Welcome into the PFF NFL Daily, where today we're looking at PFF draft analyst Mike Renner's three round mock draft. We'll give you our favorite and least favorite picks. It's all brought to you by DraftKings. The tournament is in full swing, and the action hasn't disappointed. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 if the college basketball team of your choosing pulls off the win. That's code PFF to turn $1 into $100 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, Sam, good job by Renner putting putting together a three-round mock, all based off of where teams are now after one week of free agency. So let's dive in. What is your favorite pick in Renner's mock that's over at PFF.com?
1: I have a few that I like. I was going to pick uh, where Patrick Sertan wound up, but apparently you stole that one for me. So I'm going to go to Arizona with the number 16 pick of the draft. Um, taking Jalen Waddell from Alabama. And this is interesting because I don't love Jalen Waddell as much as a lot of other people do. I know at one point uh, Mike Renner had him as the second best receiver available in this draft after Jamar Chase, had him above Devontae Smith. I'm not in that camp, and actually I think that's kind of crazy, but he is a perfect fit for what Arizona want. I mean, he is essentially... He is what Andy Isabella is, and they don't appear to realize it, but you've got to figure that with Jalen Waddle coming out as a first round talent, they will at least understand that's exactly what he is.
0: We actually do have Waddle as number two. Yeah, okay. So Renner loves him.
1: Yes. And I think that's kind of nuts. Like I just I can get on board with I see the reasons for liking him, but I think having him ahead of Devontae Smith is flat out crazy it's just not right in my opinion but so i'm lower on him than than renner and I, I he's not alone there's a lot of other people that have him that high as well but i think specifically falling as far as this and going to arizona i think is a fantastic fit for him to land pair up with um kylo murray and with De- uh, deandre hopkins and provide that real deep threat and the dangerous player from the slot
0: yeah i like this one quite a bit because of the because of the speed factor because that's what that offense needs the, the vertical threat to complement uh, old A.J. Green and, of course, uh, DeAndre Hopkins there. And again, yeah Andy Isabella hasn't really been that guy. So I agree with you. I do like that pick, pick quite a bit. Um, I cheated a little bit. I took two picks because there was a trade in here. It was the San Francisco 49ers trading up from number 12 all the way to number four to the Atlanta uh, switching with the Atlanta Falcons. They dropped down to 12. I'm not grading the rest of the terms of the deal, but I like the players that both teams got the San Francisco 49ers move up to four and they get QB Justin Fields out of Ohio State and then Patrick Sertan at number 12 goes to the Atlanta Falcons from both teams point of view the Niners getting a quarterback and being able to have Justin Fields play for Kyle Shanahan yay awesome great Kyle Shanahan has a mobile quarterback add to that run game even more imagine what that looks like whenever Justin Fields takes over with Debo with Iuke, with George Kittle Defenses are going to be in a bind quite a bit. So love that. Justin Fields and Kyle Shanahan. And I think for the Falcons, a team that's locked into Matt Ryan, this is a best-case scenario for you. You traded down to 12 and got Patrick Sertan, a guy that some people are going to have as their number one corner on their draft board. A massive win-win for both teams.
1: I love Sertan landing with the Falcons. That was the one I was going to choose. I think Sertan's got a lot of... um, skills to his game he's just such an incredibly smooth player in coverage mirrors really well and i think is the only high-end cornerback prospect i can remember seeing who doesn't have a bad loss on a double move somewhere in his college tape everyone has one um it's just one of the realities of college football that (laughs) most people don't run double moves You, you spend all day chasing the first move and he's just so patient that you don't beat him on the second one Um, His numbers are good. Three straight seasons of impressive PFF grading, getting better each year. I think he would be a perfect fit for that defense. All right,
0: let's go to the negative side. Let's go to the picks that you don't love in Renner's mock draft here.
1: So he has got the Pittsburgh Steelers obviously reaching the end with quarterback Ben Roethlisberger kind of in quarterback limbo right now. Mason Rudolph was, what, a third-round pick when they drafted him. Um, Doesn't look like any realistic future there it feels a little bit like he has them repeating the same mistake taking a second round pick in kyle trask out of florida i I think look you're either at this point you're just you're all in with ben roethlisberger and then deal with it later A, a second round pick on a quarterback feels a little bit like just paying lip service to the idea of we need a succession plan second round quarterbacks at this point have kind of ceased to exist as a thing if you think the guy can be your realistic starter in the future You take him in the first round. And if you don't think he can, you're drafting him in the third and beyond. The the second round quarterback is just this, it's like a tweener, wide receiver, tight end hybrid. It's a guy that doesn't really fit in either bucket. And he's just in there with no chance of actually succeeding at what he does. Kyle Trask had a great season this past year, but there just isn't enough evidence that he's likely to be an NFL success going forward. I just, it feels to me like too much of a cop out.
0: Yeah, Trask is a tough one because the tools just aren't really there. He's not a great athlete. He does, He's not great outside the pocket. They ran him a little bit at Florida, uh, but he threw the ball really well, but he doesn't have great velocity. So there's a lot of he's not great, he's not great at all these things. Did have a good solid season. Late bloomer because he just did not play in high school, but a backup quarterback traits type of guy. So I think your point is the idea of him in the second versus you're either getting a first-round quarterback or you're getting a mid-round mid quarterback, not a second-rounder for the Steelers. And their first-round pick in this particular situation, Tevin Jenkins, starting tackle, that's fine. But you're coming out with, yeah, maybe Kyle Trask isn't helping right away either. And you're trying yeah. to make this one last run with Big Ben. So I, I, well, I understand it's it's a bit too much of a hedge there.
1: He's not helping right away, and it feels like too much of a long shot that he would be the natural successor to Ben Roethlisberger in a year's time as well. So like, what are you achieving other than just spending a second round pick at this point and they need help like this offensive line is in pieces i know they in this mock they would have addressed um the offensive line with their first round pick but they this is not a team that's like ready-made for super bowl right this second they actually need those picks they they don't have the luxury of throwing a second rounder at a quarterback just because the conventional wisdom says they're going to need one in 12 months time
0: yeah, so I, I kind of agree with that as far as Trask. He's a tough evaluation. I'm going to go. The, the one I don't like, maybe it's too obvious from a PFF standpoint, but the Tampa Bay Bucks take running back Najee Harris out of Alabama at number 32 overall, much like last year's defending Super Bowl champion, the Kansas City Chiefs, taking a running back at 32 overall. Uh, the Bucks, as great as the roster looks on paper right now, everybody's coming back. They just won the Super Bowl, they were undefeated after their bye week. Everything's going great, but they don't have to force a running back pick here. They don't need to force a running back in the first round. I think the shrewd move here for the Bucks is still adding more depth at these positions of perceived strength on their roster. Even if you just look at the few players that were picked after Najee Harris in this particular mock, uh, Dylan Dun's a tackle from North Dakota State. Even if you bring him in as a swing tackle early on in Donovan Smith insurance for the future, I think that's a great move for the Bucs. Safety, Elijah Molden, who I absolutely love out of Washington. The Bucs did get some good safety play, some good slot corner play down the stretch from Sean Murphy bunting. But I think Molden can come in and improve that spot and be the future there at either one of those positions. Zaven Collins, the linebacker, I think that's Levante David insurance for the future uh, to sit to play next to uh, Devin White over the next couple of years. So I think the Bucs can have a little bit more of a, you know, a depth play and forward looking approach that would be even better than adding a running back, which, by the way, I think is a very realistic possibility Bucks do draft a running back at 32 overall.
1: Just like the Chiefs, were just a running back away from repeating. Yeah, um, it's never the th- case, it's man. It's just never the case. You don't just fill out that depth chart, man. <laughs> it's especially... It would be an especially strange decision for the Bucs when... It's not like they don't have running back talent. Like, Ronald Jones is a really good ball carrier, um, just isn't a good receiver. So really, what, what the Bucks are missing, um, if you assume that, look, hey, any running back moves the needle at all what the Bucks are missing is a receiving option that can be trusted out of the backfield. And um, you could spend the first-round pick on that, or you could sign a James White off the street for peanuts, who would have presumably quite an incentive to join up with Tom Brady again, uh, reconnect from his days in New England where he won Super Bowls doing exactly the same thing, and that would cost you presumably not an awful lot and certainly not draft capital. So... Yeah, I. it would be a very curious move for Tampa Bay to decide that, hey, the the solution to this realistic issue of no, uh, move, no plus play from a receiving standpoint out of the backfield is to spend a first-round pick on it as opposed to, hey, James White has got a proven track record of being amazing at this. Let's sign him right now for nothing.
0: And all that said, Najee Harris would be really productive in that offense, probably as a rookie, Clyde edwards hilarious. Same we
1: said of- yeah, Right, he had,
0: he had his moments. I'm sure it would be fine. Um, and, and, on, and this is why it'll be intriguing. Najee Harris does have excellent receiving skills. He's got a great feel, much like you loved Josh Jacobs' feel a couple years ago coming out of Bama. So I could see it happening in real life, but still don't get too tempted by the running back in the first round. It's our favorite and least favorite picks from Mike Renner's three-round mock draft. Go check it out over at pff.com. It's the PFF NFL Daily.